Hello, Sylvia. Welcome to the show. And thank you for taking the time to share your success story. Um, so we're joined by your little dog. Yes. <laughs> she's four months old, so she's full of energy and she has so much to say still. So, yes, she's a very talkative and a sharing dog. So I welcome you as well to Fawn. <laughs> okay, so we interview both of you together. So I've seen some videos of your work. I've never seen you live in action. I'm new in Luxembourg, but the videos are incredible Thank you. Um, and the way you use your body to express art is amazing your body is your instrument how do you take care of yourself it's actually being a dancer is a very tough work because you mm -hmm. need to actually train every day mm -hmm. or at least have a very good um, re rehearsal schedule that you can stay fit because even mm -hmm. By getting older, it's getting harder and you have all the injuries that you're keeping in your body. And um, I've been, I, I think I've been training since I'm 14 years old every day of my life. Mm -hmm. So it's really part, it's part of, it's part of me. I don't even think about it anymore. It's just the way I, I am. <laughs> and yeah. survive. My dog agrees. <laughs> There's not many people in Luxembourg that won't know you, but for those outside of Luxembourg, could you just explain a bit about your career, please? Of course, of course. So I'm um, a Luxembourgish-born dancer. I mean, my parents were Italian. I changed my nationality when I was 18 to become a Luxembourger. Woo! So, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and um, I went to study to France, to Cannes. I went to ballet school when I was 14 years old to do my bachelor. No, my bachelor I did it in Cannes. Mm -hmm. So there was ballet and modern dance as... When, one moment... So, um, okay, so I left to Cannes when I was 14 years old to dance there, like in a boarding school. So I had dance as a main school element. And then from there on, I left to London. I did my, uh, I went to London Contemporary Dance School at Euston Station. Mm -hmm. And there I did my, uh, my BA and I got my honors as well over there. And from then on, I went to travel to Switzerland. I did my first contracts, but I worked with really big companies in my, in, in my life so I could realize my dream as a dancer. I worked for Jan Fabre, who is one of the biggest choreographers in Europe and artists. Mm -hmm. He actually exposed at the Louvre 2007, so he is as well painting a lot. Um, I worked at Cirque du Soleil for two years and a half. I actually quit Cirque du Soleil to go back to Jan Fabre because there was a huge tour going on that was really beautiful. I did um, at Cirque du Soleil delirium show so I traveled the whole America and the whole north of America we did like 57 cities and we performed in arenas so I actually been at Madison Square Garden and that was really really nice yeah. so we always had like audiences of like between 10,000 and 18,000 um, spectators so it was mm -hmm. really a huge show I worked for Dave Sampier. Um, he's one of the biggest choreographers in North America. Yeah. So where we did the Libido show and it was a pretty uh, shocking show where we are naked from the beginning mm -hmm. till the end with loads of blood and water. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a, a beautiful show. And yeah, so I had the chance as well to work with him. I worked for Le Balisé de la Baie. So I did all the big dance companies in my life. I got involved politically as well here in Luxembourg. So I went uh, through two elections. I did the national elections and the European elections mm -hmm. because I think as an artist, unfortunately, you cannot change the world it's only unfortunately politicians that can that have the world in their hands so I was like okay it's something I would love to do because as an artist you really see what's going wrong and I'm very inspired socially what's going with the young people to handicapped people to refugees and so yes I went for a political career as well and I'm still doing it and right now I'm very happy that I can present as well my own tv show so, wow <laughs> Big intro. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so back to the very beginning of when this whole thing started. So let's, you know, take mm -hmm. a little step back and go back to when you were 14. 
What made you fall in love with dancing or how did you even come into contact with it? I was always a very physical person when I was young. So um, I got inspired by, by movies like uh, Rocky Balboa. I mean, Rocky mm -hmm. One, Rocky Two. I really loved the trainings and the physical stuff. And then I was a really big, big, huge fan of Madonna. Mm -hmm. And um, even at my communion when I was nine, I actually waited that everybody was finally seated. And when all the people of my family were seated, I was like, now I need to dance. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually put Into the Groove on and I went dancing and everybody was like, oh, my God, <laughs> what, what is she doing? <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> oh, no, we are so embarrassed. In Luxembourg as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> But so, yeah, I was very much inspired by Madonna. So how did your parents take it in that moment um, <laughs> during your communion when you did that? How, how did they what did they think of you? <laughs> They were, I think, I think they were very embarrassed. And my mom was like, wow, we didn't know Silvia was dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Because my dad, he was a tennis trainer. Okay. So I was always, I'm, I needed to go to tennis training. It was like a huge thing when I was like, no, today I don't want to train. It was like, no, this is not possible. You become a tennis player. And I really hated it. So, you did? Uh, yes. But you were a physical person, but it wasn't for you. Oh, yeah. It, the, the tennis playing was like, come on, this stupid yellow ball following it the whole time. was like, okay. come on, can we do something else? And I was actually the one that was more lying on the floor or jumping around on the tennis field than really wanting to hit this ball. You okay, know? <laughs> yeah. I preferred all the movements around to hitting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was pleased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> but when did they realize, okay, you're actually pretty good at this. We should give you a chance. So... I was a very stubborn girl, which was as well, I think, my, my biggest chance in my whole career to be stubborn. And when I have something in my mind, I go for it. So at one point, they finally got me into dance school here in Luxembourg. I was mm. 11. I went pretty late huh, to dance school. So they took some time and they were like, hmm, it's maybe going to pass the dancing thing. Mm -hmm. And I, the first time I went to dance school at 11, um, I was immediately, I want to become a dancer, a professional dancer. And they were all here in Luxembourg saying... Everybody wants here to become a professional dancer. A girl wants to be or a ballerina or a princess. So it's a dream. Yeah. And um, I started and I really loved the dance classes and I didn't mind the sweating and the painful stretching and everything. Mm -hmm. And I got always more and more dance classes. And at one point I told my parents when I was 13, listen, I want to become a dancer. Mm -hmm. And they were pretty shocked. I mean, my mom was more shocked than my dad. Because I was really good at school, I was very good at maths, and they were actually hoping that I would become a, math, a ma mathematic teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there was like a dream for my mom that, that crushed down. And at one point she said to me, you need to have very good marks at school. If not, you cannot continue dancing. Okay. So what did I do? I, I got really great marks at school. Okay. I, was, I became really a fantastic good student, and I was dancing really a lot. And mm -hmm. then at one point I didn't have the choice anymore. But mm -hmm. my mom was shocked. My dad was the one who told to my mom, listen, uh, we were never capable of realizing our dreams. We should give our daughter a chance to mm -hmm. try at least. Yeah. And that was nice because my, my parents, because they are Italian, my dad went to work very early in his life when he was already 14 because his dad died. And so he couldn't go for his dreams. He was mm -hmm. supposed to go and work. He was the oldest son of this minor, uh, mineur, um, the people that work in the mine yeah. family. And so, yeah, he was really supporting me that sense. 
it's funny that your mum would rather you have been a maths teacher. Yeah. And what do they think of your career now? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they are very happy. I mean, they are very pleased seeing that I was capable of doing all these things because we, I had always a very good bond with my parents mm -hmm. and they followed me. So they came to Cannes, they came to London, they came to visit me in, in Montreal with Cirque du Soleil and they, they came to New York because I did even an exchange period when I was in London, I went to SUNY uh, Purchase at New York, that was university. Mm -hmm. So they followed me everywhere and they could actually as well see the world, you know, with yeah. me and see through my eyes or when I was uh, when I was performing in, in Las Vegas, they came to join me over there as well. So we could share these beautiful moments together. Yeah, it's still ha it's still difficult for them because sometimes they think that I'm as an as an artist, you never have an incoming salary every month, you know. Mm -hmm. So they're like, Oh, are you happy? You know, because you need to work to make your money as an artist. If you don't work, you don't make money. So but it's possible. Okay, Luxembourg is a very expensive country and you have very, I mean, if you are renting a house, it's loads of money and mm -hmm. the life is not easy. But you know what? I'm very happy and they're realizing that, yeah, it's it will never be easy. But you know, I'm doing a job I love. So I hope I will be working the rest of my life in, on the, in this job because mm -hmm. without choreographing, without dancing, without being with artists, I cannot exist. So, yeah. And what's the advice that you would give to young people who have the same dreams that you did, but their parents are resistant or they don't have the money to do it? It's, you know, to be an artist or to realize a dream, you need to fight for it because the dream needs to choose you as well. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, I think if you're, if you're getting used to fighting for your own things, for your own dreams, you will be ready to do this dream for the rest of your life. And there are always going to be moments that are very difficult and where you need to, to put yourself through things where you didn't imagine. But if you want to be an artist and you want to survive and have a great life as an artist, you must be ready to, to bleed sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. It's part of the job. And it's, it's not easy, but it's so fantastic. And like even, even these days, like sometimes you're there and you're like, oh my God, how is my career going to look? And then there are things coming up, like this show, the, the TV show I'm going to have. Yeah. It's, I, I would say I got this TV show as a result of all the works I did before, by put, putting myself through a million things and, and being open-minded and then trying out a million things. Then finally, at some point, bam, something is falling down. And it's a TV show, and it's, it's a European TV show. And, and you say, like, wow, okay, it was worse keeping on fighting, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it was that... Thanks God, I, I kept on fighting. I didn't say, oh, let's get an, a normal job, you know? Yeah, but I think it's also because you're a very open-minded person and you're not going to say no to things. No, no. I think that's what probably brings you more opportunities, right? I totally agree on that. And this is as well something for an artist when it's difficult at the beginning. Mm. You should never say no to things. It's so important to try out because this makes your personality, makes your way of thinking, makes your way of being artistic. It's very, it's very important to be open-minded as mm -hmm. well to people as to different jobs. Yeah. So you seem very confident now and you're so sure of yourself and you said you were always a stubborn little girl that wanted to do this. But did you ever question whether you'd be good enough? You did. Every day. Every day. And you know what? Every day, even now, I'm still questioning myself. I still no. think that I'm not good enough. Sometimes, you know what? I even have sometimes a trouble that I'm thinking, can I still dance? That's crazy. <laughs> yes. How can you think that? <laughs> Just go on YouTube. <laughs> type in your... Type, Google yourself. <laughs> That's the only time where I think it's acceptable to Google yourself. But then, you, 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 you know, even when you Google yourself and you see something from you, you think, am I still as good as this? 
So you're always wow. questioning yourself. And this is good. You know, um, an artist shouldn't even be reading the good critics about him because good critics is not what you actually need. Mm -hmm. You know, y you are working hard and you need to continue working hard until the end. I mean, look at Karl Lagerfeld, you know, or yeah. even all, all these big stars. They're still working, you yeah. know, and, and they don't care about criticism or how fantastic they are you know they still keep on going and yes and I'm actually questioning myself every day but have you had that moment where you've kind of floated outside your body looked down and thought wow Sylvia you've you've made it you've really made something with your life sometimes I would love to have the time um to enjoy these moments mm -hmm. where I think oh this is so cool I should be now very happy and just you know take the energy and take the flow but you don't have time You know, mm -hmm. there's always something else that you need to work on. There's always something new again falling down. And um, yes, you are standing on stage of Cirque du Soleil or whatever, and you look at all of this and you're like, wow, I'm the little girl from Niederkorn, you know, uh, who's mm -hmm. standing on this big stage and having a beautiful dancing part here. But then, okay, be perfect. Because if you're not good, you know, you need to start from, from, from scratch again. Yeah. And I think, yes, you can enjoy sometimes. Mm -hmm. But... Mm, you will enjoy this when, when you know, I'm, I'm think I'm going to be the most happiest when one day in Luxembourg, a street is going to have my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, being part of Cirque du Soleil is obviously huge. What was that experience like? It was um, a very tough and a very great experience. I mean, mm -hmm. I got, starting by the contract, I got a contract of 47 pages and I took a lawyer and the lawyer was like, you know, um, slavery, slavery was abolished and Cirque du Soleil reinvented it. He was like, so uh, do you are you really sure you want to do this contract? And I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I don't care. I wanted to have this experience. So it was a very tough experience because you come into an American style, American life, where you are just a number, you know, mm -hmm. you are only a number. You are replaceable. There are a million people that want to have your job. And this is what they give you as an idea from the beginning on. So you need to work, you know, you're like, and at the beginning, the three first months in the creation period, we worked until sometimes 12 hours a day, you mm -hmm. know, and it's not sitting on, on an office, it's being on your legs and dancing. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of tough. And there, there were moments where you're like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? And then when we start touring, It's, it's huge. It was the Billboard magazine uh, put the Delirium show as on, uh, to, in 2005, 2006 on the place number five of the world's biggest shows. So Madonna with her confession tour was after us. Wow. You know? So we and had, she was your idol. So you're like, oh my, my God. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are luckier to be so du Soleil dancers than her dancers. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And actually we, we saw as well because we, we were always in contact and somehow going around in the same arena. So we had as well possibilities to see all these people. I mean, Nine Inch Nails, we, we were always following each other. So yeah. Trent, the, the main singer, we had really this thing going on. Like I was always pulling off his pants when he was running into <laughs> the arena or stuff like that. So it was really, it was a huge, tour. Cirque yeah. du Soleil was really big. Mm -hmm. It was uh, we had all these superstars coming to see us. Uh, you know, you had Zizitop, you had uh, Sharon Stone, Justin Timberlake, Cameron Diaz, Cher. You had all these people coming to see you. We had even a show in, in LA with it at, um, at the Staples Center only for celebrities. So we had like 2,500 <gasps> celebrities coming in. And you know what? I didn't even take pictures of the celebrities. You didn't? No. You weren't even starstruck? No. No. It's like, you know, we do the same job. They are just luckier than we are. Yeah. <laughs> because they're really rich. <laughs> I mean, and they have this big job. But they're performers too. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's performance. Yeah. We do the same job at the end, you know. Mm -hmm. And 
And it was it was a very it was a big experience at Soleil. I really learned how to do my job, you know, mm-hmm. with with the stage managers and all all everything. It was huge, and it was a great great thing. And I would say to every young person, even if it's slavery or if even if it's a hard work, mm-hmm. do it. You it's can only it, yeah. grow out of it. You know, you can learn so much, and it's an experience that is completely worth it. So not just globally, globally, but in Luxembourg, performance art is actually very prominent. Um, and I think that I've seen more of it here than I would have done in London. I think because there's more of a focus on it here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you say that you've played a part in that scene here in Luxembourg? I wouldn't. I mean, yes, I could say it. Of mm. course, the, 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 the performance scene and the theater and the dance scene really grew up in the last years. Mm-hmm. And we have an audience for it. We have as well. We are very lucky to have so much international, many international people living here in Luxembourg. This is ma- making as well the strength of Luxembourg that we have all these nationalities here in this small country. So we have people that are really open minded and that want to go out and see different things as well as performance, dance. And and we have really an, an I would say here in Luxembourg we can be very lucky because the um, the choice we have it's the same choice than in a big city mm-hmm. I, even if it's Paris or London or whatever we have a very nice choice of performances and of course I'm part of the national board of dancers or performer, performance artists and yes I think I helped with it or at least I opened it up my chance I think that I could say what I definitely did is because I did a tv show in Luxembourg the super talent of Luxembourg Mm -hmm. I was jury of it for three years so I could actually make the bridge between normal people watching tv seeing a dancer in a jury and thinking oh maybe I go and see this dancer now in the theater so this is what is nice about so I brought loads of people that we're not supposed to go into theater or not interested, though, to come and see my shows. And that's great. So I opened them up and I showed them, when you come to see me in the theater, you don't need to be this kind of person or this intellect or whatever. Everybody can come to the theater. And mm-hmm. this was nice. So I think I opened up the audience a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you've been all over the world and you've performed in lots of places. What does Luxembourg mean to you? You know, Luxembourg is the one and only place in the world where I'm the most scared when I go on stage. No. <laughs> yes. That's weird. It's, it's incredible. Huh? You probably know everyone in the audience. Yeah, and, and that's why. <laughs> I'm shaking a million times more here in Luxembourg than anywhere else. Okay. It's, you, you know, even if you perform, okay, we had once had a show with Jan Fabre um, in New York mm-hmm. and uh, there was Lou Reed, Marina Abramovic, uh, uh, there was Robert Wilson. And you are happy to perform for those people that are sitting in the audience because they know they know the job, mm-hmm. you know? They yeah. know the job. When you're here in Luxembourg, you know that there are people that are going to be like, oh, my God, is she going to be as good as the last show she did? Or uh, they're going to really look at you and they're going to be, oh, she's a little bit feathered right now or whatever. You know, yeah. you have all these eyes that can really criticize you because they know you since such a long time. So I'm always... Yes, I'm very scared of Luxembourg audience. It's it's funny, no? <laughs> really funny. I yes. would never have expected you to say that. And it's even worse when my parents come to see the show. Because there, I really get the critiques. Eh? <laughs> oh, they, do, they do critique yes. you. Uh, at the beginning, it's my mom is always like, oh, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And then two days later, yeah, uh, mm, and this and here. Oh, oh, my dad is like... Sylvia, you have been more physical in like two days ago or whatever. So I really get from them the criticism. I mean, 
they go for it. But that's amazing because they're they're not experts in no. that field. But I think they're still very much mom and dad. Yes, right? totally. I am their daughter, yeah. you know. <laughs> and mom Absolutely. and dad, they will even if you're old, they they still know better than you. <laughs> yeah, and even if they know nothing about dance, yes, they exactly. still know how you should dance. Ah, yeah, totally, of course. <laughs> do you consider Luxembourg your home, or do you think that you're more Italian? No, Luxembourg is my home. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I love the train station, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been leaving so many years always from the train station going to Cannes or, or to London, and I, every time I come back and I see the Luxembourgish sign, I'm like... I'm back home. This is so great, you know. You feel relaxed. Mm, mm. And is this where you plan to spend the rest of your life? Uh, No, I didn't do any plans like that. So uh, wherever my career takes me, I go with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, the world belongs to us, you know. Mm -hmm. It's so nice when you have different languages in your pocket and you can talk about it, talk in every kind of language. And um, I'm not planning to stay here. I have no plans. So I'm going with the flow. And do you think that there's a shelf life for dancers in performance art? Because I know in certain dance, there is a shelf life. Um, uh, yes, there is a shelf. There's definitely a moment you cannot give on stage anymore what you did before. It's impossible. Your body is just not going with it. And um, so it's very important to think about it already in the early years. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm, cho- I'm, I'm doing loads of cho- choreography. And I love to choreograph. I really love to choreograph and to share my passion with other people. And, and there's no age limit with there's that. There's no, no no age limit at all. And I really don't mind as well just doing that at one point. Mm-hmm. Or even, okay, you always do performances here and there. And even if you're 50 years old or 60 years old and you assume your age, you can still do something beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. as long as it's honest, what you're doing, I think you can still reach an audience. But it's not the same thing anymore. And mm-hmm. I think you need to keep that in, in your mind and think, okay, now I need to dance different or need to find something different. Because as an artist, you always need to reinvent yourself. You cannot stay on the same things still your life long, you know. You mm-hmm. always need to be something coming up with something new. And, and yeah, think about yourself. So I think an evolution as well going to just choreography or I wouldn't mind as well more TV shows, doing more TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a very good way of continuing my passion. You know? Have you ever considered opening a dance school for Oh, this? no. No? <laughs> no? No, 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 no. I'm not a teacher. Okay. You know, um, I respect all the, the women that I know and all my friends that I know that are teaching classes. Yeah. And this is a job by itself. And I'm not a teacher. So I do sometimes teaching just because they ask me and they really like, please, Sylvia. And I'm like, okay, just two classes or three. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a teacher. I, I, I like to share with the people my passion. Mm-hmm. And it's not by uh, giving them a dance class. I prefer... That you can show them. Yeah, exactly. true. You know, I think that everybody has something special inside of him. And mm-hmm. I like to be the person that is taking that out, you know, of the yeah. person and showing, see, you can dance, you can do these things, you can be great on stage. So I prefer being this kind of person who is working artistically with people and opening their minds. Yeah. Showing them that they're actually capable of more. Yeah. Than being just a dance teacher. Just because, you know... Um, in London, the Pineapple Dance yeah, Studios. Exactly. So when yeah. I was growing up, that's where I went. Uh-huh, nice. Yep. So I feel like if you opened it, not necessarily taught there, but if you open it, all the little girls here, all, all mm-hmm. boys, mm-hmm. would be like, oh my God, wow, I can do it. I can go there and be like Sylvia, you know. Yeah. I, you know what? Because I do, I work a lot with young people. I do all these young projects. I mean, these, these youth projects mm-hmm. that I really love to do. That's where I, I take my dancers and or because mostly most of the time they are not dancers at the beginning when they start their youth projects. Um, I, I prefer being the one that is showing them and opening up, 
a new world to mm -hmm. them. So I have two boys. I had one boy that I met here at the, at the Rotonde when we did the opening in 2007, Marcus Reuters. Um, he was in the first show I did here. That was, I was only an assistant for the dance Dance 07. Then I choreographed Dance 08090010. So he was doing three shows with me. And that boy, I really loved him. He had such a talent, and he still has, and he became a really talented boy. I did a professional dance show with him, Concienza di Terrore 2, where he was with me on stage, and he was actually representing a terrorist. So he was he learned texts by Osama Bin Laden by heart, and he was going really crazy. Wow. He was really amazing. And we went on tour as well with that piece to Germany. Mm -hmm. And now he is a professional dancer because he got the taste of the dancing life, of the rehearsal life, of all of this. So he asked his parents, can I go to boarding school to become an artist? Wow. And this is great. And there I'm like, That's, And yeah. you started that. Exactly. And there is another boy. There is Stefan, who is as well now having a professional dancing career. I did a show uh, in 2012. It was called The Last Day. It, there was Serge Tonner with me as well. He was doing the music. And this boy, I saw him from the beginning on. I was like, okay, he's talented. But he needs to learn. So I actually went to him and I was like, I think you should go to the Conservatory of Dance. And he was like, what is the Conservatory? <laughs> <laughs> because he came from the hip hop dance, you know. Okay. <laughs> so I explained to him, yeah, the Conservatory is you learn and it's cool and it's very important. <laughs> so he actually went to the Conservatory. Okay. And, uh, and now he's, I think he's dancing in Germany. And he became just an amazing dancer. He, I opened him up to a new life and he did a few great. shows with me. And, you know, this is for me, this is, wow, this is something really beautiful. Yeah. That's where I think, oh, good, you know, Silver, oh, you did a good job. Yeah, you know, that's where absolutely. I can, sharing my passion. Are you still in touch with them? So on Facebook, of course. Thanks, God, we have Facebook. I you know. can always be in touch with everybody. That's cool. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, who has been your favorite performer or performance act in Luxembourg? Or to have come to Luxembourg even? Wow. Um, <laughs> I saw all my best shows, actually, not in Luxembourg. <laughs> Where did you see your best shows? Uh, the, the, the show that's, that inspired me the most was um, Alain Platel. Mm -hmm. was 1999. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm old already. Um, it's a Bach that was for me the show where I realized what kind of dance I want to do. Okay. And um, that was a very important show because It's a Bach was a show that Pla Platel played, I think, 250 times in, in the whole world. And there was C.D. Larby in it and there were all these huge famous dancers that are now creating the dance world. And this show was for me the opening. It was like the starter of a career where I realized, okay, that is what I want to do. So that was a very, very important show. But right now, I would say um, I'm following... Ivo Dimchev on Facebook a lot. He is mm -hmm. a fabulous performer. And we don't have him in Luxembourg. We see him always in, in Belgium, Germany or whatever. So this is a show that I really love. He's a great performer. He's a fabulous performer. And then, of, of course, there, there are shows of Dave Saint-Pierre, Un peu de, ton, de tendresse, bordel de merde. It's a show of Dave Saint-Pierre who is amazing, but it's not being played in Luxembourg. There's too much nudity or whatever, right. you know. So these kind of performance I really love, but it's mm -hmm. all artists that are taking a huge risk. And yeah, so you might find them outside. They had City Lobby here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that was brilliant, wasn't it? That was a yeah. fantastic show. Yeah, but I, I think the most artistic, I mean, City Lobby became now an institution. Yeah. You know? He is an institution. Yeah.
But the first shows he did for Les Balles de la Baie, like Rien de Rien, or mm. there the, were there were some really nice shows. At that time, he wasn't performing in Luxembourg. I mm-hmm. went to see him to Metz or Forbach or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, now he he he's like so du Soleil. He's like a I know it's crazy. Like, Apparently, when he comes here, the tickets sell out like, like bam. Yeah, yes, exactly. The second like I think people have it planned. Totally. The second that the show ends, because mm-hmm. I think last year or two years ago, I can't remember when it was, but I went to see him. Fractus, you went to see. Yes. Exactly. And somebody yeah. next to me was already getting the diary out and saying we need to plan for this next time next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, I can imagine. I saw Fractus actually. Uh, I went to the theater. There was a friend of mine who called me and was like, Silva, do you want two tickets because I cannot go? I was like, oh, good idea. Go and see City mm. Lobby. And the funniest part is when we did when we start talking about my TV show mm-hmm. with the people from Arte, I was like, yeah, actually, I saw Fractus from CD Larby. Let's get in touch with him and, and do my first TV show with Larby, you know? And because we worked together, we were at Le Balisse de la Baie, so we know each other, you right. know? And this is really cool. And, and yeah, it's, it's the dancing world is very small. But yeah, Larby's stuff, he's doing fabulous stuff right now. I know, but my jaw was open. My mouth was open the, the whole, whole show. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, I think it, I think it was an hour, an hour and yeah, a half. Yeah. And at the end of the show, I was like, oh, my God, I need to close my mouth. <laughs> it was <laughs> nice. the first time I closed my mouth in an hour. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it was amazing. Cool, cool. We touched upon nudity a little bit mm-hmm. when you mentioned that you did a show and you said that in Luxembourg, it's still something that... Completely. Yeah. It is, um, I think it's a pity because a body is a body and we are, there are two different types of bodies, the men and women, mm-hmm. point, you know, voila. Uh, in Luxembourg, there's still... They don't mind the nudity from other performance. Yes, I was going to say I've you know? seen it in theatre. Exactly. They don't mind if the Germans come down and they're all naked on stage. Or they don't mind if the Belgian people are doing it. Or when they go to the spa and they're all naked. Yes, exactly. I, I can't get over that one. No, they're... totally. I totally, you, yeah. I totally yeah. agree with you. But, <laughs> but they still have a problem with us. Like the show that I did with Dave St. Pierre, mm-hmm. um, they, they were like the, the director said, the show is great, but we cannot book it here in Luxembourg. The tickets would be sold out immediately, of course, but they're like, it's still something sexual to have a naked body. And this is a problem. That's wrong, right? Exactly. As an artist, that must feel really contradictory because you feel so free and you can express yourself, but you can't be in your natural form. Exactly, exactly. I I once, when I did my first show with Jan Fabre in 2004 in Mm. Avignon, Je Suis Sans, it was a show where at the end of the show we were all naked, full of blood and water and tea and whatever was on stage. And my parents came with, with their friends and there was a little boy. Yeah. And they were like, at that point they were like, oh my God, he's gonna see all these naked dancers and musicians, performers on stage. And he was actually, oh, this remembers, this moment remembers me when I'm running on the beach naked and I'm feeling free. Yeah. You know, he didn't even make anything sexually about it, yeah. you know. And this is what what it is about. We show, we don't show naked bodies on stage to be sexually attractive or mm-hmm. to perform There are other ways acts. to do that, exactly. yeah. Exactly. It's more about freedom or about expression or about whatever. Mm-hmm. But... <clears throat> I see my body, that's, that's, that's why I don't see my body as a sexual body. It's a performer body. It's a working, it, it's my work. It's your instrument, but right? It's my yeah, instrument. Exactly. And even, even with my parents, when my dad came to see my show with Dave St. Pierre in Berlin, yeah. the libido show, I went to see my dad after the show. I took just a big towel. I put it around and I was still full of blood. Yeah. And I was like, dad, he was still sitting on the other side. And so did you like the show? My, my dad looked at me. He was like, <sighs> Thanks God, you're getting older. (laughs) At one point, you're not going to be naked on stage anymore. (laughs) I was like, thanks, Daddy. (laughs) Do you think it's still hard for your parents to accept that? No, I think they don't have a problem with it. I think parents are happy when when their daughter is as well um, 
behaving right. You know? mm -hmm. But they got used to me. I mean, they, they don't have a choice. So. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you feel as a female performer? Do you think that there are still certain prejudices against male perform like male dance performers? Do, do people assume that women are better at dancing and it's still a, w a women's thing, you know? Oh, you know what? I would have actually said the opposite. Okay. You know, women, that's... Well, let me just... Sorry, yeah. I want to rephrase that question because I think that this is... I compare this to cooking. Okay. So... It's a woman's thing when it's at home and you do it on the weekend and, you know, oh, you know, because I love to cook. But whenever mm -hmm. I say that, people are like, oh, her hobby's cooking. <laughs> um, and I say, when I'm not working, I'm cooking. And they roll their eyes. But as soon as we go to like a Michelin star restaurant, mm -hmm. they assume that the Michelin star chef is a man. Exactly. And I said, yeah. excuse me, but you, you you know that I cook as a hobby and I'm a woman. So why? So, why uh, yeah. Why when it becomes a profession and people get paid for it? Does it become a male occupation? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you feel that that's the same with dance? I think um, in dance, dance has been taken over by the women since the early years, mm -hmm. I mean, of dance. And now it's, I, I feel the opposite is happening. Okay. I feel that uh, as with the cooking, mm -hmm. I think it's exactly the same in the dancing as well. The, everybody's supposed that the big choreographer is going to be a man. Mm-hmm. I know. Because, and I mean, Pina Bausch is dead, unfortunately, now. Okay, we have Antero de Kirschmaker. Uh, we have still a few other pe people like Sasha Valls or whatever. But you, you will be able to count more male choreographers that are really famous than mm -hmm. female. And, yeah, it's, it always becomes a male world at one point. Mm -hmm. it's, it, for me, it was very shocking when I went to Cirque du Soleil. I realized that they took more care of the male dancers that were not as good as the female dancers, but they had more the glamorous thing around. They were more supported by the female dancers. It's like, oh, there are so many women dancing anyway. And that was, from, that, that was pretty shocking. Even, I think, even in an, on a normal stage, a man is still a man, you know? They are, mm -hmm. they are so, so less dancers. There are, are not as many male dancers as female dancers, so the man is supported more. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's changing or? No, but we need to change it. Yeah. <laughs> we need to fight yeah. for this, you know. I think yeah. it needs to be something where, uh, where people don't, uh, they should not expect a choreographer to be a male choreographer. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we need really to push it through. And um, women need as well to be together. I know women, I know we work very hard to be there. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're so much into your own world and you still have the, wo the, 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 the woman part on lying on your shoulder. So you are still, you still need to be a mother <laughs> at some point, you know. I mean, Which most, unfortunately we don't have a choice about, we you don't, know. But we don't, you know. And if yeah. you have kids, it's not the man that is going to say, no. don't worry, honey, go and choreograph and stay at home. Mm -hmm. You know, we still have these ego problems that are happening. And your body has to go through it as exactly. well, you know. So I think th this is always the question. Um, yeah, then, then women stay in their world. They stay very focused because they have so many things to, to do and to realize and to solve and find whatever. So that, yeah, sometimes then we forget to hang together and to be more strong mm -hmm. if we are bound, you know. You actually mentioned the in the beginning that you're interested in politics and you're very active politically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What can we expect from you um, in that department? I mean, for me, the department, uh, why I chose to go in, in politics is, first of all, because as long we don't have a minister that is a minister of culture that knows how hard it is to be an artist mm. or that we get the respect 
for artists and not only for the stones we're building the theaters with or for the administrative people we put inside, but that we should start creating an area for artists to be really good mm -hmm. because Luxembourg is a very rich country. I think it had so much money over all this last 25 years, 30 years, even more, uh, 40 years that are, they're investing in money, but we're still not on the same level as Belgium, Germany or France. Mm -hmm. And I think there has been many wrong choices being done before because the Luxembourgish artist, if, if you say wherever you are, oh, I'm from Luxembourg, they're like, in the artistic world, they're like, wow, <laughs> there are not only banks in Luxembourg, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think there is definitely something to do. And I, I chose that because I thought, okay, I'm not a frustrated artist. I, I realized all my dreams. So now I would like to invest myself for other artists. Mm -hmm. you to know? something bigger. To do yeah. something bigger and, and to help people to come on the way and to find the right solution for art mm -hmm. in Luxembourg. And then as well, for the other point is because I spend so much time with young people, with handicapped people, or I see the problem that we have of they tell young people to go and work in the office or to go and do this and to do that. And even if the young person is a very good football player, we're not mm -hmm. going to push him in football, but we're going to push him in school. And even if he's not good in school, they still want him to be at school. So I think um, when I see these young people that are drifting off as well, because we have many people that don't really make it, you know, yeah. many young people that are completely down. I work as well in the psychiatry right now. I'm doing choreography with with young kids from psychiatry. So you see all this and you think like, okay, I want to I want to put myself as well, my energy that I have, I want to give it in for young people and try to change something. It's mm -hmm. not because we are a small country that we should think small, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we need to be very open-minded, even Luxembourg. I think the other the other reason why we do this podcast, you know, I said to you off air that we want to inspire young people. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's also when I arrived um, over a year ago, I think that there is a lack of national identity. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that national identity comes with being proud of the people who have walked before you and done the things before you. So I kind of wanted to remind the people of Luxembourg, mm -hmm. you've had people who have achieved great things recognize them and follow in their footsteps exactly yeah. and you know make them the poster for the country not the banks not the you know not mm -hmm. how much money you have not all that but make the people who have become successful yeah. in this yeah. place but i think you know there is one big problem in luxembourg is the first thing people talk about here i, I don't want to just make something for all talk about everybody mm -hmm. but a lot of people first thing they talk about or look at is the money you have yeah the car you're driving um, the, the the expensive clothes you're wearing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is for them very important. Mm -hmm. And you know, the happiness doesn't lie in money, you know, at yeah, all. Of course. And and just to, to, to sh present yourself with a big car or with new shoes or with a, a hundred new pair of shoes or whatever. Yeah. This is, is not making a personality. You are just giving other people something to look at mm -hmm. but it, it's nothing for you and this is a big luxembourgish problem you know but i think beneath the surface of that there's a lot of people like yes. you and i who are trying mm -hmm. exactly. to really make something uh, bigger than that you know and thanks god you know yeah I'm, i'm very happy about that that we are really putting ourselves there and mm -hmm. showing okay we're still capable of doing things you know Absolutely. like like right now I'm, i'm doing this i have this this newspaper that came out where i don't have a driving license You know, but I say without driving license, I saw the whole world. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you don't need a driving license no. to see the world. And I'm, I'm very happy. I don't have yeah. a car and I don't want a car and I will never do my driving license. And 
you know, life is not in a car. You know, it's, yeah. it's what you do with your life and how you travel. And voilà. probably helps you stay fit as well. Exactly. It? You yeah. walk around, you see people, and no, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> What's a normal day like for you, if you have a normal day? When I have a normal day, I mean, uh, I, I've been thinking about it about this today because I have every day right now in this week that is not the same day mm-hmm. at all. So um, mostly I, when I get up, I go out with the dog immediately. That's okay. like the first thing. I drink my coffee outside, raining, not raining, snowing, not snowing. I don't care. I stay outside with my dog. And then first thing, immediately I go for the mails check my emails blah, 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 and then I do some training some fitness some some really muscle work to get my arms strong my, my, my is that at home or do you at go home, to a at home okay. at home I like to train at home and I say why because then I can be very honest with myself mm-hmm. uh, and train really where my problems are because when you're in the studio and you have people looking at you you want to show off Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. show them what you're good at. You yes, know? Yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I prefer working then on my fragile points, you know, on my weak points at home. And so I can be more secure and think, okay, Sylvia, come on, you're really bad in this. Or you need to work your bum muscle or whatever. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you can keep working at the same exactly. thing. Yeah. yeah. So I like, I really prefer working at home. And then mostly then at 10 o'clock, I have rehearsal starting or I'm teaching, I'm teaching classes in that sense that I'm te- teaching body language. I'm not mm-hmm. teaching dance. So um, I have body language classes that I'm teaching or I'm going to rehearsal or I'm preparing text or learning text by heart for my TV show. It really depends of what things I have to do. So mm-hmm. the days are never the same. I'm never lying in bed at the same time. But before going to bed, I'm reading everything I couldn't read. I'm a complete Twitter fan. And it's fantastic <laughs> to be connected to all these newspapers in the whole world. And it's great yeah. to read all these different opinions. And so, yes, this is something I always must do. But right now, as I have a dog as well and a very young dog with full of energy, one hour a day I go and walk with him outside in the forest. So <clears throat> and then the rest just fits around. And yeah. Do you appreciate that you don't have a strict routine? Sometimes it's fantastic Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's very tiring. That's the only problem. So when you're already tired because you didn't have a weekend because you've been working through and you then still have a week that is not looking the same at all, it's like, wow, you cannot gather your energy, you know? You're just going, going, going for it. Then it can be tiring. Sometimes it's nice as well to have really not the same things to do you know and and you can work on your own productions you can you, you are just like all over the place it depends all of the tiredness of, of your level that you have inside of you and how you feel in your head or whatever you know <clears throat> sometimes it's very nice when you have everyday rehearsal and you go to the dance studio and you hang out with the same people and you go crazy and you're just in this dance studio and it's smelling dance and it's smelling sweat and and it's smelling creativity and it's smelling coffee or whatever you know <laughs> nice you're making sweat sound right now <laughs> oh it's great you know I, 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 I was really shocked the last time I went into a fitness studio mm-hmm. just to go to the dance room and the fitness studio was smelling like really um, like roses oh and I was like my god what is wrong here yeah <laughs> you know it's weird. not smelling sweat <laughs> it's yeah. like people come here to sweat you know yeah. I really love that smell because it's the smell of working and it's cool it's that's part of my body you know so um, yeah <laughs> what do you do to unwind and refocus yourself? Um, I go to Switzerland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you do there? <laughs> it's very funny I'm saying that because after the European elections, I actually went to Switzerland. <laughs> so it was really like after Europe, I go to Switzerland. No, no, no. Okay. By side the jokes, um, I love the mountains. I really love mountains. I'm, I can look at a mountain a whole day. So nature is what <clears throat> you nature need to recharge. Totally. And- 
and and mostly mountains are more mountains than um sea mm -hmm. <clears throat> so i like to be there and just clear clear, clear up my mind mm -hmm. to bring back like a, a blank page in my brain so mm -hmm. that i can rewrite this page with full of things so i really need to just it's good relax. that you know that yes yeah. yes sometimes i really decide and i th when i feel that okay I'm, I'm i'm coming to the edge now it's not good then i'm like really the person sorry guys but i'm leaving for three days i need to go to the mountains mm -hmm. and that's okay i mean um, they all know me over there so i come with my dogs or whatever but i really need that sometimes mm -hmm. because there's so much going on in my head <laughs> what do you have coming up this year um do you want to tell us a bit more about your tv show that yes you mentioned? Oh, of course with pleasure so i'm having um i'm the first dancing show again in arte on arte so on the arctic channels as well in french as in german mm -hmm. the arte channel there hasn't been a dance show since seven years i think Mm -hmm. on TV about yeah. contemporary dance, art dance. So um, I'm doing this. It's called Move. It's a 26-minute long show. So I'm doing the moderation part of my ideas as well because I've been helping writing the shows. Um, I always meet in that show two choreographers somehow and then I meet a philosopher or a scientist or, um, uh, yeah, all these different people. So I'm gathering choreographers together with normal people mm -hmm. or people that can talk about the same subject. So we always have a subject like the first show we did was about fear. So we um, we filmed it in Paris because of the terror attacks in Paris. So there I have Sidi Labi, who is actually part of the show, and I'm with his dancers, the Fractus dancers. We go to Saint-Denis, where it was the, the, the nest of the terrorist people. That's where they organized the terrorist attack of Paris in Saint-Denis. So we went actually over there and we improvised in the street. We took a picture of Paul Klee that he, um, he painted in uh, 1933 that was Dance Against Fear, they, it, it was called. So we improvised with the Fractus dancers on that picture. And then afterwards, I met a neuropsychologue. Um, in Paris so we talked about fear what is fear where is coming fear what actions reactions does our body have when we feel fear and from that on I went over to uh, break dancers so because they use fear as well you know they want to scare people when they mm -hmm. break dance because of the battles about right. the, you know when, when it goes intimidating yeah. and so I've been trying out the, the stuff the, the, the neuropsychologue taught me just before so I went to the break dancers try out these things what she told me and I love break dancing as well Mm -hmm. So I've been hanging out with those guys. And then at the end, I finishing my show at the Place de la République of Paris, where you had still, it was still at the period where you had all the flowers hanging over there. So these shows are like, I'm trying to go into the subject. I'm dancing myself. So I'm not doing just a normal, I'm, I'm not a normal speaker. I'm really moving around and um, I'm trying out things. Like now the next shows that are coming up, it's about liquid it's about flying. So I will be actually, um, oh my God, it's going to be a terrible day. <laughs> I'm going to be with the syn synchronized swimmers. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm going to do a whole day of synchronized swimming. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. And then I'm going to go flying as well, like skydiving, but in, 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 in the inside skydiving. Okay. So I will be doing this as well. So I always put myself in the situations. So we have a few cool shows that are we gonna, we're going to start filming them only now. Okay. because they will come out for September. So we have five more shows that we're filming. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, they need to be cut together. And then I'm doing the translation as well in German as in French, so mm -hmm. that we have them on the two TV channel ch channels going. Speaking of translation, I find it interesting that dance is something that to me transcends language exactly and i think that that's why it works really well in luxembourg totally more so than in other places mm -hmm. because we have so many languages here exactly yeah it's like the only thing that connects everyone mm -hmm. how you're putting text with the dancing 
Is that what you're doing? I'm putting, I mean, I'm putting text with the dancing. No, I'm explaining. When I'm doing the TV show, it's really, um, I'm explaining things. But there are moments as well where there is no text, where you can just enjoy the dance. Okay. But because, you know, um, unfortunately, the audience that is looking artistic stuff mm -hmm. on TV, it's one or two percentages of Europe. Right. So that's you know? why you want to explain. So it's very important to explain and to open up the mm -hmm. dance, the contemporary dance to normal people that are thinking that maybe contemporary dance is not for them. Like so a bit inaccessible. Exactly. Right. I really want to explain it and pull it all out, you know, and show that yeah. dancers are normal people too. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Mm. But usually in a performance in Luxembourg, you would never have like subtitles or... Um, I don't I, I don't know about the subtitles in Luxembourg. When we were performing, that was great in uh, Japan yeah. with Jan Fabre. Well, there was text as well in the piece. Um, all the subtitles, everything was written in Japanese mm -hmm. language. Um, when I went to Vietnam with one of my solos, Warrior of Beauty, uh, there was actually the guy who organized it was like, Sylvia, could you please take text out and make out of this a dance? And I was mm -hmm. like, yes, of course, with pleasure, because I love to talk as well. Mm -hmm. But... Um, I mean, I love to, to use my mouth and to use language on stage because I'm a more performer artist than just a dancer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, dance is definitely a universal language. Yeah, mm. it sometimes it distracts if you see all the text, doesn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. I totally agree with you. Yeah. But yeah, it's a TV show, so you need to hear somebody explain Absolutely. things. And you're and right about the people, the majority yeah. of people yeah. that watch TV. Um, I'm one of those majority that watch TV, Good. by the way. Um, <laughs> what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Um, what I would tell my 18-year-old self is um, exactly the same than I did before. So when I was 18, I was that time I was going to London Contemporary Dance School. I was doing my, my BA and um, I was always thinking, you took the step now, don't go back. Don't start being scared, <laughs> you know. Yeah, don't let that fear kick don't, in, right? Uh, because fear, I think, is the biggest uh, enemy you can have Yeah. when when you want to rea realize a dream. So but You seem pretty fearless, though. Oh, no, there is lots of fear as well. Every day, you know, it's part like never being secure about yourself or being scared of not yeah. being good or being scared of that you're going to lose it or whatever. Okay. When, when you love something so much. That's true. You know? It's high risk, isn't it? Mm. Um, and the final question is, what is the soundtrack to your life and why? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it, it is um, the eye of the tiger. <clears throat> yes, I just said it. Yes, you really heard right. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> and I don't know if I even need to ask this question because it's a pretty self-explanatory choice. But why, Sylvia, is this the soundtrack to your life? Um, my, my nickname is Sly. Everybody calls me Sly. All my close friends call, call me Sly because I'm, I, I am and I was a very big um, Sylvester Stallone fan and mostly in Rocky. And um, even when I watch Rocky now, I still cry. I mean, I could start crying immediately. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and um, this, it's, on, it's one of the things I have in my head when I'm um, doubting about myself or when it's very difficult to go and train because I'm training every day. And it's not like I would want to do it every day. I think about this and it's something that has been following me my whole life around mm -hmm. and um, and it's motivating me, you know, it's not easy and let's make it even more difficult and train even some more. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave everyone with that track. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming Thank you. in Thank and we you look so forward much. to your TV show in September. Yes. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank yep. you.